0: Hello, and welcome to episode two of 50 Women Over 50, a podcast for women whose personal confidence is born of experience. I'm your host, Lynn Starkey. My goal with this podcast is to interview 50 fantastic women who are over 50 years of age, to learn how they see this world, what lessons they have learned from life, and what advice they have for us all. And today, I could not be more excited to welcome Dinah Vink to the show. When her successful career in technology industry ended abruptly at age 51, Dinah innovated a whole new career path where she could have a positive impact on others. She founded Holistic Nutrition Lifestyle, a company to help women struggling with the symptoms of perimenopause, restore their vitality, and improve their quality of life. In this interview, she shares with us her lemons to lemonade story and tells us why she's dedicated to lifting the veil of secrecy that surrounds menopause. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Dinah Vink to the show. Thank you, Dinah, for joining me
1: today. It's my pleasure, Sherri Lynn. This is a fabulous project you've got going.
0: I hope so. It's early days yet, but uh, Dunn and I know I've known each other for many years now. We went, met originally through the IADC, which is a professional association for people in PR. I can't even remember when it was. it was. It was a local event, I think, in in Ottawa. I'm thinking it must have been shortly after I came back to Canada, having lived in Britain for 20 years I probably, I started going out to some of the networking events and stuff, so that's probably where we ran into each other, but uh, certainly a woman with a long and successful career in communications and a woman whose work I respect. we work worked together on awards programs and stuff, so I certainly got an insight into just how experienced and skilled you are as a professional communicator, but I know <laughs> that you've had a change of career, and which is why I wanted to bring you on the show, because I am trying to invite people that have done something a little bit different, taken to drastic changes in their lives as they've approached their 50th birthday or, or during their 50s. And uh, when I was doing it, my first shortlist, you know, your, your name was right there at the top. So I'm so glad that <laughs> you were able to come on. Well, thank you. So can we start at the beginning? Can you tell me a little bit about what your 50th birthday looked like?
1: Yeah, I had to think a little bit about my 50th birthday. It wasn't a great big party or a celebration or there, there was no big high profile thing. I had moved my mother to Ottawa from Montreal. She'd been here for a couple of years. And so I went to her place and we were going to have like a little birthday brunch or something. And when I opened the mail, I discovered that she was being evicted. Oh, my. (laughs) So that became the focus of my 50th birthday. This
0: is an example of something that I think is kind of typical of women as they get into their 50s, late 40s and and into their 60s, where they start to have to take on a lot more hands on approach and caring for the elders of their family, their parents and, and other elderly people. And you're just turning 50 and you find yourself in that position. But had you been in looking
1: after your mom for a long time before that? Well, for many years, I would go over once a month, I'd drive to Montreal and we'd spend the day together and I'd come back but then she started to become more dependent on me and it became every weekend I had to go and Mm -hmm. that became quite onerous. So I said, look, I'd love to be your advocate. Let's move you here so that I can do this properly. So she reluctantly agreed to move and she did. So she lived down on Kent street and, and uh, that was okay for a while. I'm her only daughter and my brother lives far away. That parental care basically fell to me. Yes. Yes. As it so often does. And
0: in my experience, we rise to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know that I certainly, I looked after my dad when he was very ill and managed to incorporate it into my, around my work and made some changes so that I could be on hand to look after my dad. Yeah. Did you do anything thinking about, oh, I'm going to be 15 a couple of years. And so before I reached this ma- milestone, this is what I have to have done. Was there any kind of thoughts like that?
1: Well, not very specific thoughts. I did know that I wanted to work on my own and sort of step out of corporate at some point, but I didn't have a real timeline on that. I just thought, okay, by this time I should have reached a, a certain, I don't know, level of expertise, a, a certain confidence, a, a certain ability to, to do things on my own and to choose my clients and 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 have a little more autonomy from a time perspective. But uh, I I didn't really do anything beyond that. Yeah, 50s, in my mind, it was harder to find a job in my 50s. And so this was part of the anticipation that that might become an issue. um, Oh, okay.
0: Yes. Well, I I shared that too. When I was coming up to my 50th birthday, I was really afraid that that that's it. You can be over the hill professionalized now. And that I was worried that if I left the job that I was in, that I wouldn't get another job. But I hung on an extra four years and man, I wish I didn't (laughs) because as soon as I left an employed position, went out on my own, like my career just actually started to flourish. I never dreamt age 48 that I'd be saying age 55, my career was still flourishing. So that was a bit of a surprise for me about Mm. life in my fifties. Any other surprises for you? life in your fifties, things that happened that you weren't expecting?
1: Well, one year after that eviction notice, I was let go from Bell and it was the big downsizing that that they had and they let go 25% of their management. I sort of thought that I was protected just because I knew so much, but it turned out that doesn't matter. (laughs) I was surprised. And then because of the, the business downturn, I was out of work for 10 months. But it happened at absolutely the perfect time because I had time to help my mother with this transition Mm -hmm. to to move out of independent living and into a senior's residence. She needed me a lot, and I was quite grateful that I had that time. But your career has taken a
0: whole new trajectory since you left being in an on-staff position. Tell us
1: a little bit about that. Yes, that's true. Well, I, I did go out on my own working in marketing and communications, but it didn't really bring me joy. I wasn't getting contracts that really touched my soul, that turned me on, that gave me passion. And they were just kind of jobs. And I was glad to have the jobs, but they, they, they weren't something that I got up in the morning all excited and ready to go. And, and so then I thought, okay, we, we've got this age situation on one hand where I know that getting a job in corporate is going to be pretty much impossible. So how can I reinvent myself so that my age is not a problem, but it's instead it's, it's not a liability, it's an advantage. And so then I thought back and I actually had a very difficult time in perimenopause in corporate And I didn't really understand what it was. I just thought my body was falling apart. And it didn't just last for two years. It was like a 13-year undertaking for me. And I quickly realized that medical professionals were, were not going to help me. They didn't know. They'd try one thing, and if it didn't work, then sorry, that's it. Can't help you. And. My trainer at the gym was no help. Nutritionist, the same thing, offering these low-fat, high-carb kind of of food offerings, which were not helpful. And so I just started to just depend on myself. I just dove into the research and tried to figure out how to deal with this. I figured I can't be the only one who has this, and I'd been very healthy until then. So I thought, let's try and figure this out. So I I made some, some modest improvements, and that made a big difference for me. But at this point, when I'm thinking, okay, how do I reinvent myself, I thought, why don't i formalize what i've been looking at why don't i dive into this with with a view of of becoming a coach where i can work with women to to guide them through so there's an educational component there's an empowering component and you know h- how do i do that and so that's that's what i set myself up to do and and it's it's so rewarding the impact that i have on women's lives now it's it's just so enervating. I, I just love doing it. Tell me a little bit about your services. How do you how do you help these women? What is what is exactly is it you are doing? Well, what I have is a, is a, a an eight week program where we look at four specific lifestyle approaches. And so the first week we'll kind of study the the approach and the second week we practice it. And so we, we go through learn, practice, learn practice as we walk through the program. And then I have weekly coaching sessions with them. They can they they go through the the program, the 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 courseware, the videos, and there's resources there for them. And then we talk about how's it going, where are the questions, what's working for you, what isn't working. Let's let's see if we can make some small changes so that so that you can have the result that you're looking for.
0: You say perimenopause, but that means so many different things to different people. Can you give me a description of how people that come to you, like what what are they feeling? What are they trying to rectify?
1: Well, the the first thing that people notice is that their energy flags and that they're really tired. They may have had some hot flashes. That's kind of the kind of traditional. We all know about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So hot flashes are a good one. And then their periods are changing. Yes. But that's kind of what the general public really knows about perimenopause. And perimenopause is the time from when the hormones start to change. So perimenopause is that time when the hormones are declining and they tend to decline in a very erratic manner. <laughs> once once you haven't had a period for a full year, then you're actually in menopause. Mm. And then once you're in, well, you're in menopause theoretically for a day, and then you go into post-menopause. Right. Okay. (laughs) But that, that transition period can be quite challenging for women and it can reveal just a, a myriad of symptoms. You can have things like headaches. You can have, you can have body pain. You can have brain fog. You can have sore feet right? You can have indigestion. So you can have just this whole myriad of different symptoms and not connect them with, with this hormonal change. But the fact of the matter is, is that hormones don't just affect your reproductive system. Of course, they affect your whole body. And women are often delighted to learn that, that actually all these different things are part of one specific diagnosis. And that was certainly my experience when when I started to to put all these different symptoms that I was having all together in one basket. How has your business been with what's been going on in the world over the last couple of years? Did it impact your business? Well, I started it at the beginning of the pandemic. So (laughs) it, it took me nine months or so to figure out what I was doing and to put some kind of a program together. And, and then I, and then I launched in the midst of the pandemic. And of course, women were, were um, well, a lot of them experiencing a lot of change in their lives.. Yeah. So they would have adult children who would come home. They would have spouses kicking around who normally weren't weren't there they'd have family members outside of the of the home like parents or other relatives that they would be caring for plus they had their own jobs and they were starting to 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 struggle under under the burden of all those 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 responsibilities yeah so although it seems
0: counterintuitive to be launching a new business under those conditions it sounds like your timing was perfect
1: yeah, the, well, the timing was really good in the sense of having a, a digital business, because that—that's I, I don't do anything in person. So with the pandemic, that worked out perfectly, right? Nobody expected to meet with me in person. Right. And, and having online digital assets that you could use was was perfect. That timing worked out really well.
0: Mm. What advice would you give your 30-year-old self then, knowing what you know today? Go out on your own sooner. I totally agree. I totally agree. Very, very good answer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's there's, there's fear there, of course. Right. And of course, now I have resources that I didn't have when I was 30. So that may makes the transition a bit easier. But so it was okay for me to basically take a year off income <laughs> to build my business. But the, the internal development, the emotional development, the professional development, the, the building confidence, the, the technology, I mean, it's all, it, it's all something that would have benefited from a 30-year-old's approach to innovation. And then when you're in your 50s, that you, you have to be a little bit more deliberate about it. And I think I would have really enjoyed going out on my own and facing my fear. So one of the big fears for me was sales. Mm. And that to me was really difficult. That was probably the biggest obstacle. Right after I finished grad school, I tried my own little consulting company, but it was the sales thing that just stopped me cold, you know, right. But, but now I have a completely different perspective on it where I'm, I'm bringing help and support and I'm, I'm empowering the women that I work with. Right. Which is a completely different value proposition.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I totally hear you on that. I agree with you. Go out on your own, take the reins,
1: right? That's really what it's about. It's about taking the reins. Mm hmm. And, and making false steps is, is feedback, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's not the end of the world. So sure, you have to pick yourself up and dust yourself off every once in a while, but it's just feedback. And knowing that now makes such a such a huge difference. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Where do you see yourself in 10 years?
1: I would like to perfect the digital nomad lifestyle. Oh now that my mother is gone i don't need to to stay in ottawa and after being on my own <laughs> in uh, just sort of with a with a digital face right i'm i'm looking at okay where do i want to go and how can i bring my business with me and my cat <laughs> and to travel around that way. So maybe it'll start with a couple of experiments in, in a couple of countries that really interest me for over the winter time. But it, it may, in 10 years, I would expect that, that I'm probably doing that full time. I don't know if you saw the news today. There's a lot of bad news out this morning,
0: a lot of bad news that's kind of worrying about what's happening in this world. But I, I try to remain hopeful. Well, sometimes it's difficult. What are you most hopeful about for the for our future?
1: Well, I try to think about that in terms of the things that I can control. And so I, I look at how technology is making it easier to do things. So mm-hmm. you can build and operate a business that has some, some heart centered or some positive contribution that, that you'll make. So as much as I enjoyed my time working in high tech, right? another widget is not what turns me on anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so technology is making it possible to do more and more, both collaboratively and independently. So that that really, I think, uh, warms my heart. Yeah. And I, I'm also hopeful of, about how I can have a, a, a greater impact on the women that I serve. Right? If I look at the future, if I look at five or ten years from now, then there will be hundreds and thousands of women that I will have been able to 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 support and improve their their quality of life. And so that that's that makes me hopeful. I feel like a lot of us,
0: as we get older our circle of influence gets smaller, not larger. I, I kind of like what you're saying there, about working on your circle of influence so that you can help as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay, a few minutes for the quick round of questions. What are you reading, watching, binging right now?
1: Well, I've got Renee Brown's book that I'm just getting through. I'm about three quarters of the way through and uh, Dare, to lead, Dare to Lead. Okay, I just so, finished
0: reading Atlas of the Heart. Okay,
1: right, yeah. yeah. So she's got some some really great suggestions there, which I'm already trying to put into practice, especially oh. that listening, right? That listening, and and not reacting, but to take it in. I mean, that to me is the is the big takeaway. I'm also on the on the fun front. I've got this one, Operation Angus, <laughs> which Isn't I that love.
0: Harry Follis' book. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, Terry and I used to work together, right?
1: I know. I know. Uh,
0: Yeah. I've like, I have not sorry, Terry, but I haven't read that one yet, but I have read all the previous ones and, and uh, he's just such a brilliant writer and he's fun.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I, I enjoyed his whole series. I'm completely up to date. Okay, You're way ahead of me. (laughs) His series. So that's been a lot of fun. And the next one that I'm going to be reading is "Who the F am I to be a coach?" by Megan Joe Wilson. Okay. And so that was recommended to me about for some mindset work and like it's, coaching is different than teaching, right? Coaching is is very much a listening and an and, and a curiosity game. So that's and
0: it. kind of also harkens back to your first career in communications because I feel like the listening part of the model like organizations are getting better at it. They are getting better at it, but it is always the last yeah. part of the whole communications model that they ever think about is the listening piece. Doing that kind of listening is not quite the same as the interpersonal listening skills, the softer skills of of leadership. So I feel like reading Brene, Brene Brown is like the best place for you to be right now, if that's where you want to expand your skills. I think there's not a single thing she writes. It's not, it's not 100% true. She's, I, I really, really love her stuff. Yeah, she's she walks the talk. Yeah, that's for sure. What are you doing in terms of community works these days, charity, volunteering, anything like that?
1: Well, since the pandemic, that has shrunk, I guess. But I've been a Plan Canada sponsor for 22 years now. Okay. And my current child is called Modesta and she's in Indonesia. Okay. I've had, I think this is the fifth one that I've had uh, all girls. Yes. Okay. When they came out with the, I'm a girl campaign, I said, yes, (laughs) that's for me.
0: I remember Uh, that
1: campaign. Yeah. Yeah. It's still going on. What have you learned from this
0: experience?
1: well i think it's it's un, it's highlighted the significance of the nurturing impact that girls and women have on society in general mm-hmm. and it it provides the the girls with 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 life skills right so don't just give them a fish teach them how to fish right and so that's what this, this program does. And they, they learn so many life skills and often the, the girls go away and do like a teacher's college or something, and then they come back to their communities with those extra skills. So it's, it's, it's really lovely to see how, um, how a community can blossom with, with even a handful of these girls come women. Yeah.
0: Well, that sounds like something fascinating and it's something that, again, you can have a direct impact on. Not just the girls' lives, but the girls' family's life and, and the wider
1: community. What app could you not live without? <laughs> well, my life is filled with a lot of apps these days, and running a digital business, but but the one that that really is impressive, I think, is so simple. It's a calendar app. And so I use Once Hub and it's it, it provides the opportunity to schedule a call, right? It's a simple but really powerful. App, and I don't know how I'd work without it.
0: You know, I totally agree. I've recently started using an app like that, and it's simplified because I cannot tell you, I I cannot keep my own calendar. Like, I just don't have the capacity for detail that you need to get all all that that detail in one place. And, And so, of course, had a a few mis- mix ups and stuff along the way. So I find that the using an app like that really does help. And it takes the pressure off me to remember all the details myself, because I know that it's all going to happen automatically. Is there an over 50 life
1: hack that you'd be willing to share? for me, it was using lifestyle approaches. And these lifestyle approaches don't just help with the hormonal life changes, but they also mitigate the risk from underlying conditions like osteoporosis, heart trouble, diabetes, dementia, right? And so these lifestyle approaches include food as medicine, restorative sleep, hormone appropriate movement, and positive mindset. I intend to walk when I coach to to embody that. Mm -hmm. And it makes such a difference. Because if I if I stray outside the lines, then I wake up with brain fog, or I start to get acne all of a sudden, or I get joint pain, or I get indigestion. or (laughs) Right away, I can tell I've I've colored outside the lines here, I get blowback. So that's I just want to make sure that
0: I understand here. So what you're recommending as a life hack is to adopt a framework to manage yeah. different aspects of your life, your mental health and your physical health. Exactly. Oh, okay. And that's part of what your the, you use in your coaching is teaching yeah. people to use these frameworks. Yeah. Okay. Can you list
1: them off for me again, please? Sure. The first one is food is medicine. Yeah. The second is restorative sleep. The third is hormone-appropriate movement. And the fourth one is positive mindset.
0: So do you like choose from among them or you have all of
1: them running concurrently? How does this they all They all run concurrently, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, and and sometimes more one than the other. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, can we dive a little bit deeper on the sleep one? Because I feel that for a lot of women in their 50s, sleep can come become elusive. So mm-hmm. can you tell me a little bit about the, the restorative sleep framework?
1: Sure. Well, the restorative sleep has the the goal of not only helping you to fall asleep, but to stay asleep. Yeah, that's the big thing <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And uh, there's the, the dreaded three o'clock wake up time. And uh, sometimes you can just fall asleep right away. But other times you end up being wide awake. But the, I call it restorative sleep because not any sleep will do. And in order for it to be restorative, it needs to be deep enough to be at the REM level, right? The rapid eye movement level. So that's not the deepest of sleeps, but it's it's that fairly deep. And, and that's where the body maintenance happens. So that's where the, the body restores itself and it cleans out the the, the toxins, the debris, the dead cells, and, and it's also able to rebuild cells like build new muscle, new brain cells, et cetera. So all that restoration and is is done during that REM sleep. The, the, the trick is to try and maximize that. And there are a couple of different ways to do that. One is is through food choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, another is through sleep hygiene. And, and another is through movement, right? The hormone appropriate Mm. movement. So you, and mindset even plays a role there too, by telling yourself that it's time to sleep and, and doing some meditation. So you can bring all four of your, of these lifestyle approaches to bear in order to maximize that, that sleep capability. Is there anything I'm
0: not asking you that you'd like to include?
1: Well, I have a free offer. Okay. Okay. So, sure. So I offer a free perimenopause systems assessment to women. And during that assessment, we review the, the perimenopause journey using questions that I put together from a lifestyle approach fr- framework. Right. Just as, as you mentioned earlier, this assessment is able to reinforce positive habits that that women tell me about. And it also identifies gaps and opportunities that we can use to, to improve their lifestyle, to mitigate symptoms that are causing them a, a problem. And uh, women love it because they are heard, right? They, they, these symptoms, are they're not imaginary, and they understand better what's going on. And they know that they're not alone because this is, uh, this is often the, the three biggest fears that, (laughs) that women have about perimenopause and not understanding it. So the, the outreach supports educational goals and it provides women with tips that they can action pretty immediately to improve their quality of life. So that's, that's available. So that
0: not alone piece, I think is so powerful because I mean, these talking about these things—it it, it's very personal and can be really embarrassing, and yeah. so it's not something that you're going to bring up over dinner with your daughters or your mom or or anybody really. And you certainly don't want to talk about this with your significant other. I'm quite sure. I know that I didn't ever did it. That's for sure. So I think it's what you're talking about is having like someone in your corner that you can talk about these issues with, and in a safe space that it's not going to provoke. Any kind of like teasing or anything
1: that that business of shame or guilt is, that that I think you're describing mm. is is really not necessary. We we don't have the the same thoughts about the other end of the reproductive right when 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 girls start to menstruate when they when they start to to mature when they go through puberty and then even even the whole contraception discussion I think is fairly. Common, yes, right? yeah, yeah, and yeah it's out there. Then, then there's the business about having children. Well, good grief, right there. It's like all kinds of information about that out there, mm-hmm, for sure. But, but somehow this this perimenopause piece has this veil of secrecy around it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so that's um, an unfortunate part of our our society. I think that I I hope will change. in you asked about ten years. I hope that it will change by then.
0: Yeah, well I think the difference between the this and and the puberty piece is that it's more than just saying I'm going through a natural process. It's I am getting old. I'm getting past it and people don't want to look at that themselves and if they even if they are thinking it, they mm-hmm. often don't want to say it out loud and uh, so I think that's kind of why it's a bit of a touchy subject. And because of all the other things we talked about in the early part of the call, how you couldn't get a job in your fifties. And I feared I wouldn't be able to get a job in my fifties. It's all kind of wrapped up into that, right? Because if you acknowledge this and you're talking about it, it's admitting that, that we are getting into that stage of life where we're cease to be seen as we were when we were in our
1: thirties and forties. But that, that could be a good thing, right? Because with age comes wisdom, Oh, totally agree. great <laughs> experience. So why does the fact that we're, that we're reproductively active or not, wh- why does that have any bearing on anything? It doesn't. No, of it course doesn't. it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. So I, I, I find that there, there's some societal pressures here that we need to push back against, right. That we need to to refuse basically and, uh, and change things. Where can people reach you? they could reach me at my website, which is holistic nutrition, lifestyle.com. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. I think this was a great
0: call. So much important stuff. And I'm hoping that it's going to spur a broader discussion and people will reevaluate the way that they've been thinking about things based on what we talked about today. So thanks for being my co-participant in a discussion of a really important issue and that's it for episode two of 50 women over 50 a podcast for women whose personal confidence is born of experience thank you to entrepreneur and certified health and nutrition coach dinah Vink, for joining me today check out the show notes for links to dinah's offer of a free perimenopause symptoms assessment her social connections and other resources that we discussed on today's show I've got lots more interviews lined up with some fascinating women, so don't miss an episode. Subscribe to this podcast now. And if you have a second, please do drop me a rating or a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help other people find the show. And let's connect and create a whole community of wise women over 50 by sharing a link to the show with your friends and connections. See you next time on 50 Women Over 50. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn